This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. And floorboards the shingles. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Standing by to answer your home improvement and home decor questions right now at 1 888 Money Pit, 888 666 3974. Take a look around your house. Pick one do it yourself dilemma or maybe one project that you want to hire somebody to do. Give us a call right now and let's talk to you about the best way to get it done. The number is 1 888 Money Pit. We've got a busy show planned for you coming up this hour. We're going to talk about hurricane season. You know, it's not even half over yet. But if you think living inland makes you safe, think again. Storms can do serious damage no matter where you live. If you're not in a hurricane belt, Man, those summer storms can really cause some trees to fly. And when they do fly, what are they going to fly through? Well, your windows, of course. That's why this hour we're going to have some tips on how to make your windows safe during storms with step-by-step instructions on how you can make your very own storm shutters. And also this hour, you know, now's a great time to also look at the trees around your money pit because summer storms, they can actually leave your trees in pretty bad shape, which can be dangerous for you, your family, your neighbors walking by. So we're going to get tips on how to care for your storm damaged trees this hour from this old house landscaping expert, Roger Cook. And also ahead, we're going to give you some tips about the fun part of home ownership, decorating, of course. (laughs) If you've shot till you've dropped and you're finally ready to start, Don't do it until you hear our list of common interior design don'ts first. We're going to save you the hassles and the embarrassment of doing it the wrong way. We'll show you how to do it it the right way in just a bit. And are you one of the lucky, and I probably should add, very few homeowners who actually has your car in your garage? (laughs) Well, with all the stuff that we store out in our garages, it's pretty hard to do. But we can help because this hour we're giving away some storage solutions from Gladiator Garage Works. It's a prize worth almost $100. bucks. going to go to one caller who calls us right now at 1-888-MONEYPIT with their home improvement question. The number is 888-666-3974. That's all you need to know, so let's get to it. Leslie, who's first? Terry in South Carolina is dealing with an issue on the screened-in porch. Tell us what's going on. Um, Hey, Leslie, we have um, a porch that was built around an original deck, so it has the basic, you know, kind of two-by-four style decking on the floor, Okay. but there are little gaps in that floor, and so even though the screens have been replaced around the walls of the screen porch, and that's all tight, Mm. I think maybe bugs are still coming in through the cracks in the floor. Is that possible? Sure. As far as like flies and mosquitoes and those things, so you don't want to be out there. Yeah, sure. Entirely possible. Um, Is there a skirting around the outside uh, outskirts of the deck? I mean, could Um, you put some screening there? There is on one side... um, but it, there is one side that's open. It's completely roofed? Uh, yeah, it's completely roofed. Well, then I don't see why you couldn't put screening on the underside of the deck if you can get under there. 
Um, you know, if it wasn't roofed and you were getting a lot of grit and grime in there, um, I might be concerned about the um, the screening sort of holding the dirt. Yeah, but, I, you know, I had thought of that, and I kind of wondered the same thing because we do have dogs that go in and out. You know, yeah. that's their door to the outside is. Well, why don't that you put porch. it on the underside of the floor, Joyce? This way, it's not pressed up against the underside of the deck board itself. Oh, yeah. So there's a gap. So right, like if exactly. dog you know, drivel off of their feet and like maybe food crumbs or something falls right. in between there. There mm-hmm. it goes down where you can't see it. Exactly. Awesome. That's a great suggestion. All right. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at eight 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 Money Pit. John in Colorado, welcome to the Money Pit. What can we do for you today? I had a question about the venting of a radon installation, a radon pipe. Okay. And the house I was looking at had this pipe from under the slab. Right. Uh Actually, it wound up in the garage, and then it went up into the attic okay. of the house. And in between the garage floor and the attic was a uh, an inline fan. Right, that's correct. But the pipe terminated two feet into the attic. Oh, so it didn't go through the attic to the outside? No. Oh, well, that's a mistake. Yeah, everything was correct up until you got to the fact that they left the pipe in the attic. Now, you want that to go up through the attic, through the roof, just like a plumbing pipe would. Yeah. And typically it turns down like U-shaped at the top so water doesn't get into it. Uh-huh. Uh, well, they had like seven or eight vents in the roof in that attic. Uh, well, maybe just- they felt like there was enough, there was enough uh, you know, ventilation in the attic. But the fan is supposed to terminate outside. You're not supposed to dump it back in the house in any way, shape, or form. So I would take it, I, and you can simply add to it. I mean, you can bring it up through the the roof, and you put a proper uh, plumbing vent flashing sleeve around that, and then terminate it above the roof. Okay. Well, just another expense. Yeah, well, you know what? You're, you said you were buying this house? I was looking at it for my daughter. Make it part of the negotiation. I don't think it was yeah, done right. Okay. Well, that's reasonable. Certainly I, is. Well, I guess I could even put it into that vent and have a hole there. What vent? Well, there's seven or six or seven or eight. Oh, roof terminate vents. it near one of the attic vents. Yeah, I would just run it up through the roof and terminate it above the roof. I would not try to to jury rig it by sticking it near one of the other vents. That's not the way they're supposed to work. You don't know if those vents are going to be pressurized or depressurized depending on the airflow over the roof structure itself. So I would keep the radon vent away from that. Go right up through the roof and terminate the way it was supposed to be done in the first place. Good enough. Truly appreciate it. You're welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Well, there's only a few, unfortunately, short weekends left in summer, but we want to help you make the most of those lovely, glorious, sunshiny weekends by helping you get your home improvement projects done. So give us a call 24 hours a day, seven days a week at 1-888-MONEYPIT. 888-666-3974. Up next, you see them in every single news clip whenever a severe storm is predicted. People taping up their windows. It might seem like a good idea, but it offers very little, if any, protection from hurricane force winds. Learn how to build your own storm shutters instead after this. Pick up the telephone, fix up your home sweet home by calling 888-MONEY-FIT. Woo! 
The Money Pit is brought to you by Thermatrue Doors, the nation's leading manufacturer of fiberglass entry and patio door systems. Thermatrue Doors are Energy Star qualified and provide up to five times the insulation of a wood door. To learn more, visit Thermatrue.com. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And are you one of the lucky few who can actually get your car into your garage? Well, you're certainly unique because most of us can't. And uh, if that's you, we're going to help you out this hour because we're giving away a cool prize from Gladiator Garage Works. It is a Gladiator Claw the most advanced bike storage device and gear kit available. It's a prize worth 98 bucks. Going to go to one caller who has the courage, the fortitude, the determination to pick up the phone and call us with their home improvement project at one eight 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 Money Pit. All right, give us a call. We'd love to hear what you're working on and give you a hand with that project. Well, it seems that we find ourselves smack dab in the middle of hurricane season right now. And when a hurricane or pretty much any type of severe storm rolls through, windows can be the weakest link in your home. Now, homemade storm shutters can actually help you avoid some pretty serious damage. So to make them, you want to pick up some half-inch plywood and then you cut it to the size of each window. But you want to make sure that that plywood covers the outside trim on that window window. Then go ahead and pre-drill holes so that both installation and takedown is quick and easy. Lastly, make sure that you mark each shutter clearly so you know exactly which window it fits to. This way, the next time a storm blows through, it won't blow right into your windows. 888-666-3974. Calls right now with your home improvement question. Who's next? Dave in Kentucky, you've got the money pit. What can we do for you today? I'm renovating a house and uh, got a carpet that's been down, oh, probably 30 years with a pad underneath of it. Okay. And the pad is stuck to the floor ah. and left all this black stuff on the floor. How did I get rid of that? What kind of floor is it? Is it a hardwood floor? The hardwood floor. Okay. Well, I mean, if it's already stuck to the floor, you're, you're probably looking at a sanding project here for this floor. And so what I would simply do then, David, is scrape as much of it off as I can, being careful not to gouge the floor, and then have it professionally sanded. You know, the sanders that you use on hardwood floors are pretty aggressive, and I generally don't recommend that you do it yourself, because unless you use that equipment all the time, your your floor is not going to come out that good. It will look uneven. So I would hire somebody to have it sanded, and whatever black is left on the surface will easily be ground away, because those sanders are pretty aggressive. They take a fair amount of meat out of the wood, and there's vacuums attached to it, so it'll all be drawn inside. Okay, I see. Is there is there any way other than that, other than... Are you trying to preserve the finish or something? Uh, no, it's it's an old floor that uses... Uh, it, it doesn't have a urethane on it. You use a paste wax to, you know, shine it up. Mm-hmm. Well, what, 30 years ago? Maybe. That's not going to be very durable today. You know, the finishes have changed a lot, and what we would recommend is that you do a good sanding of this floor, get it down to raw wood, and then put a very good quality polyurethane finish on it, two or three coats, and then I'll give you some durability for the long haul. Oh, I see. Okay, that's a good idea. All right, well, thank you very much. You're very welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. Sherry in Tennessee is dealing with an air conditioning situation. Tell us what's going on. Well, the um, unit went out. Uh, it is uh, central 
air, and um, I have three options. I can replace the coal for $1,200. I can, and they said it would probably last a couple of years. I can um, get the air conditioning unit replaced for 3500 or I could put in a heat pump for 4000 hmm. Well, first of all, what kind of heat do you what kind of heat do you have right now, Sherry? Are you using the are, do you have a heat pump now? I have no, I have electric heat and I okay. have a central air unit but not the heat. Hmm. So you have electric resistance heat. Yes. And where is the duct system for the central air? Is it all in the ceiling? Um yes. Well, upstairs it's in the floor. You have some in the floor as well? Yes. On the upstairs, it's in the floor, and, and it's in the ceiling and the downstairs. Okay, because if you try to use a heat pump and you're supplying that, that warmed air at the ceiling, it's not going to heat very evenly. I mean, you'll get some heat out of it, but you won't be completely comfortable. So you'll probably end up still using some of the resistance heat. I will say that if you did the improvement now, you could qualify for a tax credit of up to about 1500 bucks, But the tax credits are only available through the end of the year. And you have to use a high-efficiency uh, compressor. It has to meet the requirements. But it's a really good time to replace the equipment because this tax credit um, is not going to be around past the end of the year. And a lot of the manufacturers are offering rebates as well currently. So if you go with the smart HVAC contractor who knows a little bit beyond what that product has to offer, you might be able to find, you know, a good energy efficient solution that you'll get some money back on. Okay. Okay, that sounds like a good idea. I had no idea to look. I didn't know what to look for, so. Yeah, I, I think it's probably a really good time for you to think about replacing it. How old is the unit now? Well, I've lived there for 10 years, and it, it was yeah. old when I moved in. So. I, I would not put a new coil in that. Yeah. Something else is going to break. I'd replace it. Um, my only concern about the heat pump is it may not do a really good job heating because of the placement of your duct system. Okay. All right? Okay. Thank you very much. You're welcome, Sherry. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Yeah, when you take a central air uh, configuration and all the, the registers are up at the ceiling, then you add a heat pump to that. First of all, the temperature of the warm air that comes out of a heat pump is not like the same warm air that comes out of a gas furnace. Mm -hmm. Instead of being, you know, 120 degrees, it's like, I don't know, 100 degrees. So you have to run a lot to do the job. Um, but, but, but on top of that, you're distributing the, the warm air at the ceiling. It's got an awful lot of work to do to get down to where you're sitting in your easy chair. Yeah, it's going to just end up being inefficient. Right. Exactly. That's my concern. Paul in Texas wants to do a project in a shower. What can we help you with? Uh, I have a shower that's 27 inches by 27 inches. My father built it a long, long time ago, and it has ceramic tile in it, the 4x4 four four ceramic tiles. And I am wondering if there is any way to put some new finish on the inside of that without gutting it out. i really trying to shy away from the Marlites. And I hate putting furring strips because I just don't have the room. And I'm wondering if you can help me. Well, and if you put anything over it, you're still going to lose room. <laughs> and that sounds like a tiny shower. Am I wrong? It is. Uh, it's very, very tiny. And, but well, what's the condition of the tile now? Is it the grout that's uh, looking kind of uh, grungy, or is it the tile that you don't like? It's more of a grout coming out. Some of the, tile, the border tiles on the outside, the trim tiles are 
coming loose and chipping just from years. Uh, it's mm-hmm. been in there over 40 years. Yeah, that's actually easier. What you want to do is get a grout saw, and you want to cut out all of the grout. You can grind away and slice out all of that grout in between the tile. The next thing you'll do is you'll repair all of the loose tile by re-gluing them back in place. And then you can re-grout the whole thing. And that's not a, such a terribly complex complex job, and it'll look you know practically brand new. Uh, am I going to... As far as matching those old tiles, and am I going to have to get creative in, in making a, another pattern, or are those old tiles like readily available? Those are your options. You can take the tiles into a tile store, so you can get something that's close. If you can live with it, fine. If not, pull that row out and choose something that's complementary, mm-hmm. and, and then it'll look like it was always supposed to be there. Or take out like a big chunk of rows and put in like a really fun, you know, half-inch mosaic glass tile, you know, to sort of modernize it. Or take out that same chunk of rows and put in, you know, a mesh-backed river rock or some sort of pebble to sort of update the whole look. Ah, really? Very, very good. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Patricia in Wisconsin needs some help replacing some windows. What can we do for you? Well, it's a difficult question for me to answer, but maybe it's simple for you to answer. I am thinking about replacing my windows, and I have no income as far as wages are concerned. Do I still qualify somehow or the other for the $1,500 rebate? Well, the $1,500 federal tax credit is based on you purchasing energy-efficient heating and cooling equipment, windows. They have to meet certain criteria to get this government rebate. Um, There are, if you need assistance with funding to actually purchase these replacement windows, there are a couple of places you could look. Um, In late 2009, there was the American Renovation and Reinvestment Act. And then there was the weatherization program within that American Renovation and Reinvestment Act where there are funding available to certain families who qualify for financial aid in making these improvements to their home that they can't afford to do so. There's also the Home Repair Loan and Grant Program, which is also run by the government, which would provide loans to renovate or modernize or even repair homes where you can qualify for a $20,000 loan over 20 years at 1% interest. Um, And then there's another grant that's funded by the Department of Housing and Urban Development, which is called HUD. So there's a couple of different places that you could look into and see what's currently available, but that federal tax credit expires at the end of 2010. Oh, okay, I see. Mm-hmm. Well, I can look into some of this, and I appreciate you taking my call. You're very welcome, Patricia. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Up next, storm-damaged trees are not only ugly, they can actually be dangerous. We're going to tell you how to care for those trees to make sure they're safe for your house after this. On the Money Pit Radio Show, pick up the telephone, fix up your home sweet home, by calling 888-MONEY-PIT. The Money Pit is brought to you by Generac and the Generac Automatic Standby Generator. Be protected and never worry about power outages again. Visit your favorite home improvement center or call 888-GENERAC or visit Generac.com. 
your home will stay on the next time the power goes out. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Where home solutions live. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And now is an excellent time to take a look at the trees around your property. That's right. Look up because we have had some wicked summer storms throughout the country and they can leave those trees in pretty bad shape, which could actually be quite dangerous. That's right. So Roger Cook is the landscaping expert for this old house and he's with us now to give us a few tips for dealing with those storm damaged trees. Welcome, Roger. Thank you. I've never had a summer quite like this with all these storms. It's been just incredible. It sure has, and I bet that's kept you uh, quite busy. When the storm passes and you uh, take that first peek outside and uh, you see some destruction that you didn't expect, uh, where's the first place to start in terms of getting everything back in shape? I mean, there's two issues here. We want to make sure that the trees uh, are not dangerous. But secondly, we'd like to salvage what's left, if that's at all possible. Right. The first thing I look for is the danger involved, Uh, trees hanging on a house, trees hanging on wires and things like that. When you have a situation like that, those are the situations that are best left to the professionals. They know how to handle that. If something's on the ground, it's pretty easy for for you to clean up. But you've got to remember two things. First, that when there's storm damage, it's the most dangerous kind of tree work you can do because there's all weird pressure points, Things are on top of each other, and it just doesn't go like a normal average tree job would go. That's a good point, because very often you have to sort of untangle the branch as it's inserted itself between the broken branch and the good stuff. Right. And everything, the pressure points are all weird. If you fell a tree, you can pretty much tell which branches are holding up the trunk if it's resting off the ground. Right. But when you have a mass of branches that are all twined together, you don't know where the pressure points are. You've got to be so careful when you're cutting in something like that. Now, what if you're dealing with a tree that just has some smaller broken branches? Is that something that you can sort of climb up and thin out yourself, or should you leave that also to the pros? I do not recommend that anyone go up a ladder to remove a branch. That, that It's so easy for that branch to swing by and actually knock the ladder right out from underneath you. A much safer way to do it is with a pole saw. You can get up 18, 24 feet with a pole saw and remove limbs safely that way while you're still standing on the ground. Now, Roger, how do you know if you can actually uh, save the tree? Is there a proper way to cut off those damaged uh, limbs so that uh, you give the tree a a half a chance of regrowing? You do. There is a proper way. Usually what we do is we'll clean off whatever limb that's broken and leave a stub maybe 6 or 12 inches long that you can hold in one hand. Right. And we would then make a cut at the branch collar, which is is a raised area, usually three-quarters of an inch to an inch away from the trunk. And this is the area where the tree heals, so you want to leave that. So you cut the branch off just outside that collar, using your hand to support it so you don't rip the back. Right. Mm-hmm. Got Too many it. people make a flush cut right next to the trunk, right. and that makes a bigger wound, and that tree has a harder time sealing that off and growing. Is it ever a good idea to, to seal off the branches yourself with some sort of uh, a paint, for example? Absolutely not. Mother Nature does the best job of healing when you leave it alone and let it do what it's supposed to do properly. We're talking to Roger Cook, the landscaping expert from this old house, on how to handle those storm-damaged trees. Roger, what happens if you see that you know maybe there's not so much limb damage, but perhaps in some areas of the tree itself you see damage to the bark? How do you sort of handle that situation? Well, you have to... Uh, Analyze it to see if the cambium, the outer layer, is is split off. That's the layer that carries the water and nutrients up and down the tree. 
if that's been compromised, then obviously there's no nutrients going to get up to the tree and you know you have a problem. If it's just been peeled away, like a branch sometimes open up when you have a crotch, it'll just open a branch up. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you can take and bring that branch back up, hold it in place with some guy wire up the top, and put some screws through, and that back will grow right back in again, and you'll still be able to save that branch. All right. To catch more of Roger and the entire This Old House team, including information on their current project, visit thisoldhouse.com. This Old House is brought to you by Cub Cadet. Cub Cadet, you can't get any better. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Give us a call right now with your home improvement project at one eight 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 Money Pit. Dan in Illinois needs some help with hardwood flooring. What can we do for you? I live in a bi-level house. We okay. have carpeting on the stairs, and we want to get rid of it. And I'd like to put a, a hardwood. And I'd like to know what material I should use, whether I should use regular hardwood flooring that they put in, like in bedrooms and hallways, or... To replace the stair treads? Just to... Not to replace them, but to replace the carpeting. Mm. It's difficult to um, add hardwoods to a staircase. There is um, a type of sort of uh, end cap, if it's a half-open stair, where you could have sort of hard cut. You cut off the the old nosing at the edge of the stair, and you put in like an end cap, so it looks like it's a hardwood floor there. But you have to have um, you have to have carpet for the rest of it. You'll still need sort of a carpet runner in the middle. But it's not easy. Yeah, it's not easy to to put hardwood on top of stairs just because of the way the sh- the tread is shaped. Is it a pine staircase? Yes. Okay. And have you thought just about finishing the pine? Because I mean, I did that. I did that in my house. It looked pretty good. Yeah, this is not very good looking wood. Well, you can stain it, and you can fill in the the gaps and things like that. Try to get the color even. You could paint the railing. You could paint the balusters for some, you know, two-tone look and put a nice, rich runner down the middle of it. There's not much wood left when you do that. And, you know, I took a 100-year-old staircase that had about 14 coats of paint on it, got down to the real wood, uh, stained it back to the natural finish, painted the balusters balusters and uh, stained the railing, and it looked great. Well, I'm really really trying to get away from the carpeting. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, you could paint a runner... Instead of carpeting. Oh, that's a thought. And that actually can look really pretty and allow you to be super duper duper creative. Um, I've seen, you know, many times in design magazines a, a great carpet application, but then I've seen it painted sort of as a knockoff where there's a, a sort of a, a variegated size stripe that runs the length of the stairs, you know, as if it were going down the staircase in a fun mix of colors, sort of like a goldy yellow, a red, a robin's egg blue, some black, some green, some orange at assorted sizes, sort of um, there's a designer small pit, uh, Paul Smith, rather, who does that sort of striping on all of his packaging. And it's almost a knockoff of that. And you can paint that right down the step itself, and it looks really fun and kind of beachy and fresh. Well, uh, that's uh, uh, that. That really sounds like it would take some creativity, all right. Well, and it could be a good day's project. <laughs> I'm sure. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at eight 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 Money Pit. Well, when you've got a blank slate that you want to decorate, you want it all done in one swoop, just like they do on TV. But decorating a room should be done in layers and over a good bit of time. We're going to tell you why after this. On the Money Pit Radio Show.
Where home solutions live. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And at this point in the summer, are you sort of scratching your head, standing at your garage door, wondering, is my car ever going to fit in there? I feel like in the summertime, my garage gets more and more full with like inflatable things and more toys and more stuff. And the bigger your kids get, the bigger stuff gets. Oh, good Lord, don't even say that. If this is any (laughs) indication of where I'm going, we're in deep trouble. Well, these days, from the sounds of it, most of us store everything in the garage but the car. But one lucky, super lucky caller that we talked to this hour is going to win some garage storage solutions from Gladiator Garage Works. Now, the number here is 1-888-MONEYPIT, but the winner is going to get the Gladiator Claw, which is this crazy advanced bike storage device, and it also comes with a gear kit. It's a prize worth $98, but it could be yours for free if you're our lucky caller. The number again is 1-888-MONEYPIT. 888-666-3974. Speaking of the garage, the garage is definitely the last frontier when it comes to home improvement. You may still be working on the inside of your house, and decorating a room can be exciting and scaring all at the same time. There's a lot to consider, but here are a few design don'ts. First of all, you can't do it all at once, especially on your own. I had a friend once, Leslie, who bought... Uh, he and his wife bought their very first condo, mm-hmm. didn't like the wallpaper in any of their rooms, and tried to take it down all at the same time. What happened? <laughs> they got tired out, and the house stood unwallpapered in various stages of, <laughs> of incompleteness for the next 12 months. So oh, only Lord. tackle what you can do- get done you know, sort of in one chunk of time. Next, don't expect to go from a blank canvas to a finished interior in one fell swoop. Interesting interiors are often created in layers and over time. So make sure you have a plan. Survey your resources to your current furnishings, your work schedule, and your budget. Then make a list of needs, wants, and things you'd love to do down the road. Mm-hmm. And finally, you know, there are times when it's better to splurge than to economize. So shop carefully for the right balance of price and quality. You know, a bargain sofa loses its charm when the seams split and the arms start to wobble. So think about where you want to spend your money, especially on big pieces that you plan on, you know, having for the long term. And when it comes to those big pieces, think neutrals and add your colors in with accessories or maybe a side chair or a really cool piece of artwork. This way, over the long haul, you've got good pieces that are going to last and last regardless of your design tastes. And here's one thing that you won't be spending money on when you pick up the phone and call us at one eight 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 money bit with your home improvement or home decor question. 888-666-3974. Carolyn in Texas is having some issues with a sink. Tell us what's going on with it. Uh, well, it's it's uh, an old, it's probably 40 years old, man-made marble, and the sink is separate from the countertops. There's two large countertops in there. And I had a man look at it, but he said he would just leave it. But it stains and it's real porous. And I'm, I was just wondering if there's something that you knew of that we could seal it off with. I even thought about using car wax and see if that would, you know, help any. But I just didn't know if there was something that... And you say that it's marble? Uh, it's the man-made marble. You know, the poured countertops like they use now all the time. But this is, this usually they pour it all in one piece, and mm-hmm. this is in two pieces. It's the sink is separate, and they don't do that anymore. At least they don't here. Right. And uh, so, I, I, and he said, I would just seal it off, but I don't know anything to seal it with, and he didn't either. Have you tried? Well, if you seal it, you're just going to be sealing in those stains. I mean, are you able to get it to a point where it's clean enough that you could seal it? I've gotten it pretty good, uh, but not 
I mean, and I, you know, if I thought there was something I could seal it with, I would, you know, try even a little bit. I, I used a liquid cleaner, uh, uh, mean green, and then I used bleach and, and that kind of thing. And I've got it pretty good and I dry it out every time I use it, but, you know, that's just a temporary thing. So I thought it needs to have a sealer over it at, you know, at some point. How about a stone sealer? Yeah, if you go to a website, um, stonecare.com, stonecare.com stonecare.com and treat the surface as if it were actual marble because you're dealing with something as porous as traditional marble and they'll have a sealer on there on their website that you can easily apply to that sink but you have to make sure that you're super happy with the cleanliness of it because once that sealer is on those stains are in okay yeah well yeah i knew that so Okay, well, I'll do that then. And remember, the lighter the color of the marble, the more often that it needs to be sealed. More often it needs to be sealed? Mm -hmm. So if it's a light color, you're looking at every two years, whereas if it were a darker color, it's probably every five. Okay, okay. All right. Well, that helps me. I'll try that. (laughs) Good luck with that project, Carolyn. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Well, if you're in the market for a new washing machine, there are a few things to keep in mind. You know, washing machines have never been more energy efficient than right now, but you do have to shop smart. We've got your tips next. On the Money Pit Radio Show. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And safety is a big concern here at the Money Pit. That's why we want to tell you about a new product that we think should be a must-have for your car trunk. It's called the New Tech Flat Tire Survival Kit. It's environmentally friendly and will help get you back on the road. You know, when you're stranded on the highway and trying to change a tire, the last thing you need is hassles with the lug nuts because of rust, grease, brake dust, or all of the above. Nutex Bolt-Off, which is included in the kit, loosens the bolts and nuts easily so that you won't have to call for roadside assistance. Mm-hmm. You know, the kit also includes a tire gauge to test that new tire and make sure it's good to go now and in the future. Now, there are a few different cleaning products in the kit that will help you get your tools and parts clean for just about any job, not just your tires. And it will also get your hands clean when the job is done. The kit's also good for checking the oil or getting the radiator cap off, which, by the way, you should only be doing when the car is cool. Now, best of all, this kit is very reasonably priced at $19.99 and available at NewTechGreen.com. That's NewTechGreen.com. Let's go to a few emails now, Leslie. We've got one from Farhad, who actually has an interesting question. He says, my 10-year-old washing machine just kicked the bucket. Wouldn't you know it's just passed its warranty? Of Of course course. we know that because that's (laughs) the way it always happens, Farhad. Should I try to repair it or is getting a new one the best bet? Well, it's a good question, and the age of the appliance does play into this. In fact, we researched this some time ago and did a complete report on MoneyPit.com. There's an article there called Appliance Repair or Replace. And what we found was that, obviously, the age of the appliance Mm -hmm. determines how much money you should think about spending on a repair versus a replace. And if your appliance, your washing machine specifically, is up to 10 years old, we think it's okay to spend about 40% of the cost of a new one on a repair versus a replace because a washer should have about a 15 plus year lifespan. So at that age, I wouldn't spend more than about 40% 
on the cost of the repair. Now, if you want to go with a new one, there definitely are some advantages. Mm -hmm. And you know what? Newer washing machines are far more energy efficient than one that you have from 10 years ago. So the cost of operating it and the water usage are going to be far less than the one you currently have. But you want to consider a couple of things because if you head to the store, it's going to be confusing. There's a lot of options. First of all, you want to think about, you know, your family size. Where is it located? How noisy can it be? Do I want it to be super quiet? You know, what are the heat settings? Do I need all of these load sizes? Front loading, top loading, an agitator, no agitator, load capacity. There's so much to consider. So think about how you and your family are going to use the washing machine before you make that final, you know, choice. Also, then all of a sudden you're going to think you've got it narrowed down. Then you're going to see the cherry red one in the corner and you're going to be back at square one. (laughs) All right, now we've got one here from Amu in Leesburg, Virginia, who writes, I built a patio myself. I just put some gravel and sand between paving stones. I tried my best to level it correctly, but now some of the stones always look wet and weeds are coming through. Is there Mm. any way to fix it? Well, the stones are going to hold moisture. I wonder what the source of that moisture is. Now, typically, when you do a paver patio, you need to do a very thick base. You need to have about a six-inch crushed gravel base, and then you put the pavers on top of that with some very, very fine ground uh, uh, sand in between it, and that usually stops the weeds. At this point, since you have already done the patio, you don't want to redo any of the base, the best thing to do is to attack those weeds with Roundup. And then you can use Joint Lock, which is a sand that has a polymer in it made by Quickrete, where you spread this over the top, sweep it into the seams, and then wet it down, and it sort of locks everything in place. And that will definitely stop some more of the weeds from coming back up. All right. I hope that helps. And good for you for making your own patio, Amu. You are listening to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Thank you so much for spending this hour with us. If you've got questions 24-7, you can always reach us at 1-888-MONEYPIT. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.